0: Um, what a great message this morning. I encourage you to get it downloaded if you didn't get this morning's message from um, Cheryl. It was just amazing. And uh, I really just encourage you to get it. Uh, while Cheryl, um, while um, uh, Boaz and I were driving into church this morning, having a morning devotional, listening to um, North Sound One. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> We were, we, were, we were driving in, and uh, the DJ was sort of, at first I didn't know what he was talking about, but he was ranting on about some keep fit thing that he had signed up to at the beginning of the year, which is one of those things you do, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. it's one of those things at the beginning of the year, so I'm going to keep fit. And uh, what he had done is he had downloaded this app, which was there to kind of help set the goals that he needed and to encourage him to get the app Uh, ...encourage him to kind of meet the targets that he was trying to achieve. He didn't say what exercises he was doing. He assumed he was probably running or something of that nature... Uh, but he said that what happened is that as he was um, as he started, so the app would be enc- very encouraging uh, and uh, maybe a little pushy, just saying, "Oh, maybe tomorrow you can try and just push it a little bit further." So it's, a, it's, one, it's a, I don't know what kind of app it was, but it, it seems um, like it had this sort of sort of coaching element uh, to this sort of AI program that uh, uh, that was uh, trying to encourage him to just push. And uh, But what started happening is that um, as time goes by with New Year's resolutions, they begin to fade out after sort of week two or three. And uh, what he discovered was that um, the, he wasn't doing the program. And um, so the app was asking him questions like, are you injured? <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> and, and then giving him suggestions on how to exercise while he was injured. <laughs> And uh, in the end, actually what it started doing is it started just pushing out and just keep being really pushy to him because he wasn't exercising. The app wouldn't leave him alone. And so he deleted the app. (laughs) Then he said, after a a couple of months, he got an email, an email from the app saying, have you completely lost your love of outdoors? (laughs) (laughs) Which... In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, "Okay, artificial programs are not that intelligent. This was written by definitely written by a bloke, right? Because yeah. it carries blokish sarcasm, <laughs> the sort of football coach sarcasm you get when you get lots of blokes together, and the man has to run the gauntlet." Of all the kind of abuse that goes on in a man conversation, when men are together, we kind of abuse each other in that sort of um, verbal way. Oh, that's somebody falling off the stall again, isn't it? And uh, and we <laughs> and uh, we we abuse each other in that kind of friendly abusive manner. And anyone who's in a conversation, if if you join a male conversation, um, you 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 are the receiver of all of the abuse. And uh, you have to survive the gauntlet of that kind of abuse and kind of man up to it. Now, I was thinking about the fact that this app was written by someone who lived in that world all the time and they thought that would be great motivation. Uh, but as it turned out, it was the most demotivating factor in this guy's life and he's deleted it. But now he's being abused by email. Uh, <laughs> let me to you to this scripture in... Um, in Matthew 12 verse 34 uh, I want to speak tonight about daring to speak from your heart. In Matthew 12:34 it says this, brood of vipers. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? So this is this is like the coach. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now this verse sort of reads in terms of being good or evil. There's this sense of, well, either I'm good or either I'm evil, but we all know that somehow, actually, in terms of trying to define what comes out of our mouth, we're kind of a little bit of both, aren't we? And so we're kind of troubled by this scripture because we want to come, we want to be justified by our words, we want to live the life of faith, but but somehow what happens to us is that we end up just kind of Missing the point at our confession gets um, negative. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've experienced over the years as being a pastor is that I've spoken to many people whose Christian life, whose, whose kind of confession in church is is all the right things. Christians know how to say all the right things at all the right times. Um, I'm believing with you, brother. Those kind of things... Um, <laughs> <laughs> he that is for you is great, greater than he. It's against you, and and uh, and so all of these scriptures and they flow, and all of these things come, and you end up, you end up in this whole process of just um, kind of saying the right things, and yet when you speak to them from their heart, you find that actually out of their mouth is just the continual addictive negative confession of daily life. Oh, I won't be able to do this. I can't do that. I don't like where I live. I don't like, this is a rubbish. I remember speaking to one guy um, many, many years, about 15 or so years ago. And I, I, it didn't matter how much I talked to him, I couldn't get him to stop saying what an awful city Aberdeen is. And I'm thinking to myself, he's coming, he was coming for ministry, coming for counselling. He, he wanted to get his life sorted out, but he couldn't stop cursing everything that he lived in or around. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you can't expect You can't expect to prosper in the midst of your own confession, which is so dreadful. And yet he couldn't see it because on a Sunday he could say all the right things. And and from the Bible he could say all the right things. But you see, here's the thing about what flows out of us, is that we know, if we want to confess the word of God, we know that we're all a bit double-minded. We know that we... Carry the balance of two different confessions according to our circumstances. Look at this in James chapter 1 verse 5. It says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for he doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's one of those verses that it's just harsh. It's like because there isn't anyone in this room who, who hasn't experienced doubt. So if you experience doubt, here we are with this confession that goes like this. He is unstable in all his ways. Well, gee, what else am I supposed to do? I am human. But I want you to see that God has got for us. It's a lot of movement. We're just going <laughs> to wait a couple of minutes while everything settles down. Well, I want you to see that what God has got for us is a life. That is built according to his word, which has been put into our hearts. And that there is a confession of faith. And that confession of faith, we have to mine that confession. We have to dig deep into our heart and bring forth what God has placed within us. Because there is a godly confession which literally changes everything about our world. It changes who we are. It changes our Faith, it changes our perspective. Now, here's the thing about doubt. When you doubt, you reason within yourself that you need an explanation. In accounting terms, you want the account settled. If you've prayed and not gotten an answer, it's reasonable to doubt thereafter. Mm -hmm. So, it's also reasonable for you to ask for a question And say, well, I want this account settled. I I need an answer to this problem. But the word of God supersedes the events of our life. Let me show you a man. I'm just going to get just a little bit more negative. Can I I do that for you? (laughs) Without getting too depressed, right? I want to read to you a man whose confession is so shocking I can't believe it's in the Bible, right? And it's Jeremiah, because Jeremiah was a depressing guy, right? And he wrote Lamentations and the name gives it away. It's a clue as to how difficult a book it is, right? Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 14. This guy's having a bad day, by the way. It could be a bad life at this (laughs) confession. Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father. He's getting personal now. I mean, this is not just like, this is not just his life. He's cursing everybody who was involved. The messenger is getting cursed. Cursed be the man who brought news to my father saying a male child has been born to you, making him very glad. And let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew and did not relent. Let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noon. It gets worse. Because he did not kill me from the womb that my mother might have been my grave and her womb always enlarged with me. Why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame? Jeremiah, I think you've got a problem. And what's worse is that you're telling the whole world, you wrote it down. (laughs) You were so depressed. You wanted the whole world to know how depressed you are. Jeremiah is double-minded. Jeremiah is one of God's most important prophets in the Old Testament. I need you to understand that there is that every single one of us wrestle with double-minded issues at some point in our life, but there is a word of life that comes from within that enables us to find hope. Yeah. Now I want you to see this because we're going to just go back to verse Jeremiah twenty verse nine, and here's the here's how we resolve the issue because he's still, he's pretty depressed at this point, right? He says, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. I think he's kind of tired of ministry and he's been getting it in the neck from people who don't believe. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. You see, the Bible says His word lives in our heart. And he has deposited eternal life if we confess his name and believe in him. His word is deposited in your heart. There is an understanding that God has put eternal life within you. And eternal life is the fullness of his word placed within you and what happens is that while we experience life and all sorts of confessions and things come out of our mouth we confess We speak things out of our uh, emotions. We speak them out of our fears. We speak them out of our doubts. We speak them out of our reasoning. We speak them out of our experience and out of our intellect, out of our knowledge. But there is only one way of speaking which produces a life that causes a supernatural change. And that is when we speak out of our heart. Because what flows out of our heart is the word of God. And as we speak out of our heart, then we begin to speak of things of God's blessing. And we begin to speak differently than if we speak with the confession of our natural mind. And so we have to learn how to speak. You know, if I go back to um, the scripture which I started for, it said, A good man speaks out of the good treasure of his heart. We have to understand this. This isn't about whether you're good or bad. This is about the treasure that is held within you. You see, we try and make a definition. Are we good or are we bad? Well, did you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or not? If you confess to him, then there is goodness written within your soul. There is the word of God written within your heart. And so there is good treasure already placed within you. Yeah. What we have to learn how to do is learn how to speak of the treasure rather than of the experience of life that we're going through right now. Mm. You see, God's word is a word which speaks Uncomfortably in our natural circumstances. We find it easier to speak according to our experience, easier according to speak of our intellect, or our rationale, our reasoning, our kind of just a mental appraisal of what is going on. But there is something deeper which God has put in your heart. And if you want to learn how to see the supernatural, miracle-working power of God. You learn how to speak. The Bible says that what you ask for, you will receive. But I've asked for things and not got them. I ask to win the lottery every week, but I don't play it. (laughs) And I never win. (laughs) I never win. I ask every week. But you see, (laughs) I don't actually, but... When you hear somebody, you go, (laughs) we all do, don't we? We (laughs) I don't know whether it would be in reality, but you think it would. (laughs) So what happens is this, we speak things, and we ask for things. But how much do we speak according to what we mind, what we found? In our heart, rather than just what flowed out of the top of our head, what flowed out the feeling of our emotions, what flowed out of the fear and our perceptions and how we thought of what was going on. Did we stop and take account? Because I've discovered this, that to speak out of your heart, it takes a completely different mindset. It takes a completely different approach. And here's the thing. As I said before, we're trying to speak, deal with issues in our life that haven't come through. But the Bible tells us to speak with faith. And the Bible never ever gives you answers just doesn't give you answers to situations you don't understand. Like, why didn't I get healed? Why didn't I get that job? Why didn't I get that money? Why, didn't I, why, why did that not happen? Well, how did that? You, you know how often you get the answers? And very rarely. Here's the thing for your life. You've got to let it go. Yeah. Cheryl said this morning, you've got to let it go. You've got to stop trying to reason in your heart and mind why some things work and some things don't. And you've got to start speaking what God has put in your heart, regardless of what has happened around you. You've got to just let it go. You've got to let go of your hurt. You've got to let go of your offense. You've got to let go of of your thoughts that other people maybe owe you an apology. As Cheryl was saying this, you've just got to let it go. Mm -hmm. Because the word of God requires you to speak differently. When Cheryl and I do um, Cheryl and I are speaking down at the conference on on marriage. We're, we're speaking at a, an event called the Modern Family, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and and we do we do a lot of marriage counselling, and we do a lot of um, and and the, the amount of times that the most difficult challenge we find with when we're we're dealing with couples that are right on the the very edge of just each other's throats is. Getting them to speak lovingly to one another because all they want to do is resolve their hatred and their anger and their hurt and their frustration. But none of resolving anything will ever bring them a result because only what it will ever do is identify more of the problem. But the thing with the gospel is the gospel wipes away the problem. It doesn't resolve it. It wipes it away because it's already been resolved in Christ. So it doesn't bring, it just says, well, I forgive you. And if Jesus forgives you, then we have to be forgiven. We have to forgive. And so the way we resolve stuff is putting it aside and coming back to that point. And so when we speak from our heart, we've got to speak differently. Now, I'm going to read you a scripture that I preach from many, many times. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now think about this. One of the great challenges of our life is, what's God's will for me? What's God's will for my life? It's quite, that's, it's quite a challenge, isn't it? Because we're all looking for this kind of, we're looking for this, this definition. I, if I can truly prove what is the will of God for my life, then I, I can be confident that I'm really flowing in it. But the Bible here says to prove the will of God, I have to renew my mind. Well, how do I renew my mind? But rather by the speaking of what flows from my heart. How did you get born again? You got born again by confessing, with, believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. That's how you gave your life to Christ. You, you believed in him. You believed in him in your heart. And your heart believed something and you confessed it. You spoke it. You turned that feeling of faith and you turned it into a language which brought an understanding and a revelation. What happened? Your mind was renewed. You went, you know what? He's real. He's real. His life is, I'm going to live my life for Christ. By the process of what you said, your mind was renewed. So, how do you prove the will of God? But by the speaking of what God puts in your heart. Mm-hmm. We have to learn. Oh, I'm gonna I dare you to speak more audaciously, yes. spe- speak more boldly, be surprised with what flows out of your heart. Yes. Rather than being flowing out of your mind, what, but just as you simply pray, have courage to begin to speak and begin to confess. What flows out? Now, I tend to find, as I'm challenging people to pray, and particularly as if I want if we can just use marriage for one more example, is I tend to find that people, if they're praying, oh, I just really pray that my marriage is restored. Well, honestly, I want you to know this, right? It's, it's okay, but it's, what does that even mean? What does restored even mean? Restored to what? What does it look like? It's like saying, I'm, I'm really believing for a home, place to live. Was it? I have no idea. How many bedrooms? House? Flat? Mansion? <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, everyone's going, Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, it's like, if you can't define it, then it doesn't mean anything. So we speak from the desire of our mind and our emotions but we don't confess what Jesus has said about it which he has placed within your heart if you are looking for a a, a job or you'll think your job is under is under risk and you're like oh I really you know I'm just believing I, I won't lose my job it doesn't mean anything because the words don't have the defining life When Jesus spoke to people to be healed, he spoke over which was specific. He was specific with detail. And I found this. God puts detail in your heart. Because his word lives in your heart. And so here's the, here's the, the challenge for your life. That as you pray, you've got to first let go of every offense. You've got to first let go of every attitude. And you simply pray. And as you pray, you allow your heart... To just the, the the image of what is in your heart to begin to bubble up. You see, the thing with your heart is it's like a it's like a computer hard drive with a digital language of ones and zeros. It needs the confession of your mouth to create a screen of images to give it revelation and understanding. So, like a computer hard drive, your computer. Or your phone or whatever has just got digital language on it. But this green is what gives the memory and all of that information understanding which is usable for you. So your heart carries the very word of life. But unless it carries the confession of our mouth and the bringing forth of what we know is true, it doesn't carry any revelation. And without revelation, there can't be any faith. And so we have to learn to speak what flows from our heart. You know, saying you're believing for your marriage to be restored... How about you would say something like this? I love my spouse. I love they are a gift of God to my life. And next time I see them, I'm going to tell them how much I love them. I love you. I'm speaking over you now how much I love you. I'm going to encourage you. I encourage you. You're an amazing spouse. Now, you can get more detailed. It's difficult for me to get detailed without you start thinking he's talking about his wife, isn't he? So... (laughs) And then it gets personal and I'm not doing that on the stage. Right. <laughs> it's got details we don't want to hear. So, but here's the thing. If you, want, if, if you want your marriage great, speak the great things that God put in your heart. But what did he put in your heart? Well, until you start to pray, you don't even know. Because the thought hasn't come through. Come from here. It has to come from here. So while you're praying, first coming, Lord, I worship you. I thank you, Lord. I give my life to you today. I thank you, Lord. And as I'm praying, I begin to pray for my spouse. I begin to pray for my work. Maybe you're praying for your boss. Don't tell him you love him, right? Because that's weird. So praying for your boss. <laughs> uh, and so praying for your boss and, and you're worried about your job. Well... Start to pray. Well, what is the Holy Spirit saying? I mean, he could be saying, prepare to leave, but he might not. (laughs) I mean, it could be, couldn't it? It could be be the end because that happens too, right? But it's quite possible that God just wants you to actually pray that the contract that he's losing sleep over, that you don't know anything about, he wants you to pray that that contract comes through. Mm -hmm. But you didn't know anything about it until you started to pray in your heart. Contract. I, don't think about it. I speak that contract. We're going to win that contract right now. There's going to be jobs coming through into the company. I found this. This is how I pray. And I have to make myself pray like this because you're forcing yourself to move from what is natural to what is supernatural, and nothing which is supernatural is natural. Doesn't flow from the heart. There is an uncomfortable shift within your heart, but I pray, I pray for Cheryl, I pray for my kids, I pray for this church, I pray over all that, and I have discovered, that what flows from my heart, is what I live in, the things that I speak out, I discovered, according to what God, and those things, and it's not like, there's a massive flow of, of words, it's just the simplicity, of these simple Simple statements have found this that when God speaks, there is a few words, but they're very powerful and they change everything around your life. Changes your confession, it changes who you are. I, I know I've spoken about this before, but, but I, I want to dare you to have the courage to speak from your heart. Mm-hmm. Discover what God has put in your heart. Don't just speak from your mind and say, that is what is my heart is saying. Let what is in your mind go and just come back to God with the honesty and the simplicity of what's in your heart. Yeah. Just thank you, Lord. You start with thanking him and then you start speaking it out. You worship him for who he is. You worship him for what he has done for you. You honour him for every gift that is in your life. You honour him For what he has given you. And what he has done for you. And then you begin to speak. And confess. God my mind is renewed. According to the confession of my heart. And my heart is going to speak good things. I may have doubted. I may be unstable. Sometimes I may shift and swing. With the waves of the sea. But today I'm standing on the rock. And I'm speaking forth new life. Because. His word is in me and I can't resist it. I can't hold it back. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.